Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. The tennis world is holding court in Southern California for a fall edition of TC Live from Tennis Paradise. Only six men and four women remain as championship weekend has arrived in Indian Wells. Our experts break down today's big showdowns. Plus, with a massive match tonight in the semis, we learn more about Al Jabeur's unique tennis background in her visit with Kamau Murray. We have the Tunisian legend. Thank you. I feel like I earned the legend. <laughs> and from the fifth slam to the next slam, we react to the latest news down under on how a vaccine mandate could affect who plays and who doesn't. Speaking of down under, look alive or look away. TC Live coming straight at you right now. Oh, Fabio, more of that to come. Welcome to TC Live from the BNP Paribas Open, presented all two weeks by our friends at Verbo. It's our one-hour pregame show to get you ready for first ball every morning here in the Southern California desert, where the journey to find an oasis is almost complete. Semifinal spots on the line for the men, while the women battle to make the championship. It's all happening in tennis paradise. A lot to get to on the show today. All the big highlights, interviews, and Hall of Fame analysis, plus the DraftKings player pools preview and how new protocols could affect the Australian Open. Out on the practice courts, Alexander Zverev has won 20 of his last 21 matches since Wimbledon. The Olympic gold medalist taking on Taylor Fritz later today. But first up on Stadium One, it is Stefano Tsitsipas. Leads the ATP Tour with 54 wins this year into his 14th quarterfinal of the season. With that, we say welcome to TC Live, presented by Verbo inside Stadium One. Steve Weissman back alongside Chanda Rubin, James Blake. We've got the Hall of Famer Andy Roddick as well. So good to have Chanda back. Did a fantastic job on the sidelines. Andy, as our resident hat expert, what did you think of Chanda's chapeau? I mean, she went, it, it was uh, it was a confident choice. She stuck with it. It was practical. It covered the sun. It, I mean, <laughs> the, hair, the, the hair in the back would go out. I mean, it was just all sorts of things going on, Chanda. I was proud of your your vision. I mean, you're, you're a trailblazer, really. <laughs> Andy, that and, means so much coming from you. I really appreciate it. James is going to shoot it down, so I'm not going to even let him talk. I'm just wondering if it's coming but, back. After all this, I, I mean, it, it's coming back, right? You're are gonna, you going to throw a little shade at me? We're gonna, no, are we going to okay. be seeing it today? Because, I mean, I'm excited about it. Are you asking it. for it? I think the world could. wants it back. <laughs> Everyone wants it. Not just me. That I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not, there's no I in team. This is the whole country <laughs> wants to see that back. Look, my hat was doing the most. I will agree with you on that, but I needed it. It was very bright out there, and it helped me 
be a better analyst. It was functional and it was fabulous. Yes. We need to get a Twitter account for Chanda's hat. Here's our featured matches coming up today on Tennis Channel. First ball to last coverage of championship weekend right here. Nicholas Basilashvili, Stefano Tsitsipas first up, followed by Taylor Fritz and Alexander Zverev. All four of those players in their first quarterfinal here in the desert. And then who's going to make the final on the women's side? A couple of major champions going at it. Victoria Zarenka and Yelena Ostapenko, followed by Jabur and her good friend Paula Bedosa. Let's check out the Tennis Express head-to-head between Zverev and Fritz. It is 3-1 to the German, including a four-set win at Wimbledon earlier this year, Andy. How do their games match up? I don't even know how you pack a hat like that, Steve. It has to take up like half of the suitcase, if I'm being honest. Like, I was just thinking of that. <laughs> anyway, you know, listen, Fritz has been playing, Fritz has been playing unbelievable uh, this tournament so far. Obviously, huge wins over Berrettini, huge win over, over Sinner. Has looked great. Uh, kind of, you wonder if he's making that progression to the next step of the top 15 to the top 10. Well, listen, Zverev, there, there's hardly been a hotter player uh, on earth post Wimbledon. So I think this might be a step too far for Taylor Fritz, but he can actually go through the court similarly uh, like, like a Zverev and, and actually create pace uh, through this court. Is he going to get the looks that he's been getting against these other people's serves? I probably don't think so, but credit to Fritz. However, this turns out it's been a great event, uh, but I, I like Zverev here. Yeah, I think for yeah, Fritz, he's got to shorten some of these points. Like you said, he can actually hit through the court. He's been super aggressive at times, but he's been getting a lot of balls in on the returns. I think on his serve, he, if he uses that confidence, he can really get into this first set. Um, I think it's extremely important for him to get off to a good start because if he doesn't, Zverev gets rolling. I think it could be one-way traffic, but I think if Fritz can get confident, maybe get himself involved late in this first set, maybe take some chances, uh, shorten up some points, and have a shot to, to get a set, maybe even, maybe even do a little better. Yeah, I think they've had some battles when they've played, although Zverev has the, the lead in the head-to-head. But I think on these slower courts, it's definitely going to favor Zverev. He's going to have more time to get into rallies and, and to really dictate over the course of a point. I think Fritz will have to try to force the issue. It's not easy uh, because the ball slows up at times. But if he can use his serve, Fritz, if he can take over the midcourt area, look for opportunities to control the middle of the court, that will give him his best chance. But I still think Zverev has the edge, and you've got to favor him in this one. By the way, just getting word from Todd Martin that they're doing the packing because they want that hat in the <laughs> International Tennis Hall of Fame. It's you going guys, to the museum. You Jenna. guys will be surprised at how easy it is to pack. I might send you one, Andy. You can put, you can put your label here on the front and wear it on TC Live. I would like one that. thing is for sure, I would, I would be shocked if it is easy to pack. That thing is huge. It needed its own seat. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you saw all that hair coming out the top, right? I, I'm pretty smart about that. <laughs> uh, one player would pack their bags yesterday between these two. One of the best comebacks of his life two days ago, Grigor Dimitrov. James would have to do it again against Hubie Hercotch. I would, and I mean, it doesn't seem as daunting of a task, I guess, coming back from a set down against Hercotch after being a set two breaks against Daniil Medvedev, but it, it looked like maybe he, he would run out of gas. It was a physical match against Medvedev, of course, and Hercotch has been playing so well, hadn't dropped a set, but Dimitrov just doing some incredibly impressive things right here. I mean, the unbelievable stretch down break point. I don't know if he gets enough credit. We, we're so enamored with, with how much stretch is in Novak Djokovic, but Grigor Dimitrov is an incredible athlete, extremely flexible, 
really quick around the court, and he used all of his abilities yesterday, fought hard, 30 years old, and, and using all of his uh, experience. You would think Turkoc had more confidence, uh, has had a better year, but Dimitrov just continuing to roll as he gets through QB Said he started to read that Herkoc serve, moves into his first Masters semifinal in two years, and gets his 100th career Masters victory. Let's go inside the press room with Grigor Dimitrov. It feels like a very, mm, I, I want to say surreal because I never thought coming into turning turning pro that I'm going to have, a, let's say, 100 matches on such a level. But I'm, I'm very, very happy, very fortunate to, to be able to put myself in that position over and over, especially throughout the tough years and um you know injuries and so on so it's it's it means clearly means a lot to me uh, i really appreciate it i'm very very humbled on it. it it's such a like i'm smiling inside i'm smiling inside SOTI smiling on the inside told me after how much it meant for him, his family, everybody that has gotten him here, his father as well. Andy, two amazing comebacks, one against Medvedev and then this one against Herkoc. What stood out to you? If, uh, if you combine Chanda's hat with uh, Grigor's bracelet, you could, like, retire and move to Florida, no problem. But, uh, but listen, Dimitrov is in full control of his game. Oftentimes throughout his career, you've seen him kind of not be able to actually commit to a game plan, right? He has so many options that either he plays too defensively or sometimes he forces the issue too much. He's playing that cat and mouse game, getting that chip down, stepping inside when he needs to, and making great decisions, which hasn't always been the case uh, in his game. Also, the first serve percentage is up over 70%. So he's doing a good job of hitting that high kick out wide, making sure that he's at least getting forward on that first ball. And listen, there's no substitute for just being professional and competing. I'm happy to see him, I'm happy to see him have this run. He's, he certainly earned it with the efforts made. Yeah, it's been fantastic yeah, it, to watch Dimitrov over these last few weeks. I mean, he started playing well in San Diego, one of the lead-up tournaments. And, Steve, I know you're going to fight me on this, but he started playing great <laughs> tennis. And you could see it there. He did not win the tournament, but he had one of the best matches against Casper Ruud. It was a tail twister down to the wire. He was up in that match, hitting his backhand incredibly well and not second-guessing it. He's got so much variety on that side. He can hit to the different areas with a similar look. He can slice. It's kept opponents off balance and I think the biggest thing is the confidence he's gained from you know playing well from getting match wins under his belt you know he's one of the most talented guys out there he's such a good mover and on these slower courts he's had just enough time to construct his points to construct these rallies and then take control in the midcourt and, and in the middle of the uh, of the court and, and I think that for me has been most impressive. Yeah, I think it's it's all the options he has, uh, and sometimes it gets uh, where he is second-guessing. As you mentioned, if he's not second-guessing, I think he's one of the best players in the world. But when, he th when he's gone through these tough times in his career, I think it's when he's not sure if he should play too much defense, should he be more aggressive. And when he has it figured out, he's got that sort of right formula and right balance, then he is one of the top players, and he's proving it here this week when he's, uh, he's getting it right. Gets a well-deserved day off today before the semifinals tomorrow. Not sure if Van Cleef and Arpel make hats, but if they do, uh, Chanda will definitely be a sponsor for that. Andy, we've got Diego Schwartzman, Cam Norrie, the winner going to take on Grigor Dimitrov. All three of their previous matches went three sets, but this one was just one-way traffic. Those two volleys that Norrie just hit, they're a joke. Like the, the rafter Thompson volley followed by the, the touch one. But what I see, what screams at me with Norrie's game is you see that 
huge amount of topspin he's able to create. We'll see it on this next ball here. That arc he's able to create to get the ball up and away and then flatten it out. But his back end is flat as a pancake, right? So the variance between shots really confuses people. He's able to find different rallies. So right there, you see how flat that back end is. Has to be different, difficult for, for the opponents to actually get a rhythm on what's coming because you see the way that ball bounces up and away. And then the back end is just flattened through the court. But Cam Norrie is completely in control of his game. He knows who he is as a tennis player. And he's just... He just keeps winning, man. I mean, he, he, props to him. He's he's worked hard. He's gotten to this point, and uh, you know now he's into uh, you know latter stages of a big Masters 1000 event. Yeah, and he's going to be the new British number one on Monday. He will crack the top 20 for the first time in his career. On the women's side, Chanda Angebur could make some history as the first Arab player, man or woman, to reach the top 10 in the rankings, playing Annette Contivate, who had, by the way, won her last nine matches. Well, I was sitting courtside for this one, Steve. I had my hat on, so I had an even better view of some of the shots from Jabur, especially <laughs> on that forehand side, where she can hit with pace, she can hit with depth, but she can also carve under it. Yeah, that kept Contivate off Jabir. balance. And down the stretch in the first set, that was important for... Jabir to take the first, to relax a little bit more, let her shots start to fly. But Contivate, she didn't go away. She was hitting the ball big and trying to dictate from that standpoint. But Jabir, just so good with the feel and the touch. And she didn't hit as many of those shots in this match because of the pace coming at her, but she was able to mix it up just enough. And forehands like that, when she would win those cross-court forehand battles, I think that was important over the course of the match. She was able to attack her turns, and it just allowed her to dictate from start to finish a big win for her in two sets. So gets that top 10. Told me now that she's top 10, she wants the Chris Everett world number one trophy. Angebur. Headed to the semifinals, who would she meet? Said she wanted Paula Bedosa and Angie Kerber to play for five hours. Uh, the Spaniard has had her best season of her career, looking to knock out her second straight major champion in Angie Kerber. Oh, and she was blasting shots, especially forehands. Bedosa stepping in from the start, no hesitation. She was up early, but it got tight. Uh, at the end of the first set, she was able to just use the intensity and kind of sheer strength of will, Bedosa, to take that first set and got up in the second. She was up 5-2 here, uh, had match points, but Kerber fought back, and she started stepping in, taking ground away on the baseline. But Bedosa, to her credit, got a little nervous. She was able to relax and start hitting out on her shots again at 5-all, got the, the hold there, and then at the end just kept swinging. And that's part of the confidence that Bedosa has gained this year with so many match wins on the big stages, but she gets one of the biggest wins of her career here. First Spaniard since Conchita Martinez in 2003 to make the semifinals here. Paula Bedosa, you can see by that reaction what it means. She has good friends with Angebur. Said, I hope she eats a ton of burgers and can't play in the semifinals, Andy. That was the reaction after the match. Yeah, I, I'm not sure that that's going to happen exactly, but props to, to to Bedosa. I think she was one of those players in the juniors that was expected to just kind of really make the transition easily to the tour, and it's taken some work. So credit for her for finally getting there. This has to mean even more uh, to her. I, I, I can't wait to watch the match against uh, Jabor. Jabor is uh, quickly becoming one of my favorites uh, in the world to watch. She's just amazing. And maybe the most hugged player on tour every single time she shakes a hand people hug her she must be an amazing person too 
Absolutely. I mean, I've spent some time with her on the set. A fantastic personality. You can see why everybody really enjoys playing against her and having her in the locker room. Biggest takeaway from this entire segment, though, it, it started with Chanda's hat. It, it'll end with Chanda's hat. <laughs> <laughs> Utterly glorious. So, I, I Chandy, had this, yeah, uh, go I ahead, had Andy. This, I had this, I, no, I had this vision of that hat on me and what that would do for my what that would do for my Manu Ginobili bald spot, it would put like a spotlight on it. It would be horrendous. <laughs> you guys are so bad. <laughs> it would make for nice tan lines. I think me and you could try it. I think we could uh, we could work that. It's headed to the Hall of Fame, I'm telling you. <laughs> I had to give an extra wave for the hat. <laughs> More on Anjabur when we come back. How she is hoping to pay it forward for an entire nation. You don't want to miss her conversation with Kamau Murray. Tennis Channel Live at the BNP Paribas Open is presented by Verbo. Your together awaits. Welcome back to TC Live. Steve Chanda, James, Andy with you. Tennis.com, more than just a website. It's your home for the entire sport. Get breaking news, real-time match scores, player profiles, and more right now. Steve Tigner writes his three to see and picks the winners of today's big matchups. For our winning forecast, here's Fox Weather. I'm meteorologist Britta Merwin, and here's your BMP Paraba open weather forecast. Another winning day in Indian Wells. 85 degrees, sunny, dry, and warm all day long. For more information, go to foxweather.com. Precise, personal, powerful Fox Weather, coming October 25th. Take a look at our schedule. Championship weekend on Saturday. Tennis Channel has you covered. First ball through the singles finals Saturday and Sunday. TC Live tomorrow, 1 p.m. Eastern. Leading up to the men's semifinals at 2 p.m. Eastern. The doubles finals follow that. And, of course, encore matches all night leading into TC Live the next day. We are leading up to Stefano Tsitsipas and Nicholas Basilashvili. Top of the hour both players making their quarterfinal debut here. Sitsipas going for his 55th win of the year, that double nickel MJ style. Back after this. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Ruben Roddick, Blake Weissman back on TC Live, presented by Verbo. Algebur keeps setting new goals for herself. Earlier this year, it was making finals. Now it is winning titles and getting to world number one. She sat down with Kamal Murray recently to discuss more future plans as a trailblazer for an entire nation. Welcome to the Tennis.com podcast. We have the Tunisian legend, Anz Jabour, 
here with us today. Anz, welcome to the show. Thank you. I feel like I earned the legend. Oh, you <laughs> Coming from ever. you, it's unbelievable. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I'm very happy today to be uh, here. What about tennis in Tunisia? Because there's not a lot of Tunisian tennis players, and no. you are certainly the most successful and the first of, to do everything in this sport from there. So what's the game style like? When I look at your game, I'm like, somebody definitely taught her how to craft the ball, junk you, roll you, chip you, drop you, lob you, and do it all over again. Is that like a Tunisian thing, or is that like an ons? I just was made it up on my own thing. It's a mix of things, you know. I uh, I grew up having a very like a good coach. Uh, uh, gave me the freedom on the court to do whatever I like. So whatever I want to do, a drop shot or, or lob or just... Uh, play like a different shot he just let me be myself on the court and and just correct me and and show me a few things you know so uh, I was kind of free on the court doing whatever I want Um, and Tunisia is a very small country Uh, we grew up playing tennis uh, at at club but also at uh, hotels you know because they were like uh, the club met a lot of uh, tennis courts there so uh, it wasn't really a facility to play like tennis professionally and uh, now I feel like um, we had like uh, Selim Asfar, Melik Jaziri, and and me. Now we're bringing this mentality of, uh, yeah, you're from Tunisia in North Africa. You can you can make it one day. Uh, it, it was difficult at the beginning, not finding you know a tennis player from from my country. But you know I think uh, given the example right now, uh, I feel and I hope I motivate a lot of new generation uh, to come up here and, and and play and be top 20, be top uh, 10, and why not one in the world and win. A of grunge slams so you, you you keep talking about the next generation and that's like so that's exactly how i would describe you is you mm. you seem number one a free spirit number two always thinking about others you know and whenever you see people you like greet them so warmly uh crazy jokes and do you aspire to create an academy yes in Tunisia? yes yes one of uh one of my goals, because uh, I, I've been through a lot, and I've been through like uh, I made mis- a lot of mistakes in my career, and I feel like um, maybe the, they could like uh, I'm not saying take a shortcut because there is no shortcut in this, but at least I can share my experience. I I, I feel I can share like small tips with them to make them uh, be great athletes, and why not open an academy and have the the greatest facility that they could. Uh, train there and uh, be able to be professional tennis players. I believe that uh, the facilities are not just uh, it, it must be there. I mean I grew up without like uh, the greatest gym or the, the greatest technology ever but you know I've made it here but I feel like if I had that maybe I, I could have been uh, an even better player now or uh, improving faster let's say. I want to show them the great mentality of being a professional athlete. It's kind of you know difficult not to have a also a role model you know to, to like show you know it's not the same as seeing Americans French uh, Australians uh, that's a different different mentality for us and coming from my country I feel that's a very different thing so uh, I feel like if we have the same uh, nationality it could be very different for uh, for the young generation That's awesome. You can find Kamau and all of our podcasts at tennis.com slash podcasts. Uh, Chanda, tennis has always been a sport where players have broken barriers both on and off the court. What did you take away from that conversation? Uh, you know, Ons Jabur, first and foremost, you know, she's a trailblazer, and we've ke- we keep talking about that, you know, th- 
putting out her her accomplishments at you know this early stage in her career. She still has so much left to accomplish, but it's just been fun to watch her this year in particular really assert herself, really get that confidence in her game, understand how to use her complete game, but still dominate opponents at times. And she's such a nice person. You hear it uh, from from players over and over again. Every time I see her, she has a smile, and it's just genuine. It comes from within, and you feel that. But on the court, you know, she's she's kind of a killer out there. And I think it's been marrying those two things that at times has, has not been as easy for her, but she's doing it. And what an inspiration she can be for other kids, other, you know, kids from her country and, and kids in the Arab world who can see someone who looks like them, who comes from their country doing well, gives them something to aspire to, something to dream about. And, and it's so nice to see her recognize that, be aware of it. And I think it's only going to help her game. But she's just so fun to watch at the end of the day. She is so fun to watch. And I took something from that is that um, we owe a debt of gratitude to her coach from early on. Is I'm always jealous of those type of players that have that creativity and that coach um, really pushing that and letting her be herself and letting her use the drop shot, use the lob, and not trying to mold her into something she's not. I'm extremely impressed with uh, athletes, with tennis players that have that type of creativity and can play their own style and not try to fit into something else that they've seen before. And she may not have seen very many players because she comes from a country where there isn't that rich history uh, like America or Australia and so I- I'm impressed by that I'm impressed by how she's crafted her game and how her coach let that happen and uh, as, as everyone says we're also you know so happy to see her such a nice person having the kind of success she's had absolutely so I spoke to her in Charleston Andy and the, she said I don't want any more quarterfinals semifinals I want finals so now she got her first title in Birmingham she told me yesterday now it's not about finals it's about more titles now she's top 10 told me she wants to be World number one, get that Chrissy Everett world number one trophy. You normally don't get that type of transparency from players. What does that say to you that she's putting that out there? Well, hey, listen, I mean, she's smart. She's watching what the rest of us are watching this year with you can come out of kind of nowhere or a lower ranked position and do huge things. She's gotten that consistency now, right? You don't win 45 plus matches in a year uh, by accident. So I think it's realistic. Right. I mean, she knows if she can win week in, week out, she can catch lightning in a bottle and, and, and win a slam at this point in her career. So I love it. And also, aren't we lucky that the first Arab player to ever be top 10 on the men's side or on the women's side has a magnetic personality and a game that you cannot take your eyes off of will only do great things for this sport, especially in that area of the world. Uh, props to Ons Jabor. Great stuff. Yeah, fantastic. Looking forward to see her match later today against Paula Bedosa. Thanks, as always, to Kamal Murray. You can see more of his conversations on the Tennis.com podcast. All right, we are leading up to the top of the hour, the men's quarterfinals. In the bottom half, we've got Nicholas Basilashvili and Stefano Tsitsipas taking the court in the desert. Don't go anywhere. Back on TC Live, presented by Verbo. We are heading into championship weekend at Indian Wells. Take a look at our featured matchups today. On the men's side, Stefano Tsitsipas battling Nicholas Basilashvili. And then Taylor Fritz against Alexander Zverev. The women's semifinals tonight. Two-time champion Victoria Azarenka against former Roland Garros winner Yelena Ostapenko. 
followed by Angebur making her top 10 debut against Paula Bedosa. Our own Steve Flink recently wrote the book Pete Sampras Greatness Revisited, recapturing the magic of the man who won 14 major singles titles. We now visit with greatness. I call him the legend. He is a Hall of Fame journalist, Steve Flink. It is great to have you here on TC Live, Steve. Steve, it's great to be with you again. I always enjoy our conversations. They're all they're all enticing. <laughs> all right, I've got some enticing topics for you, Steve. Uh, no big three here this year. No Serena. So, how has Indian Wells developed to you without those legendary faces of the game playing? It's been a great tournament for the men and the women, Steve. I mean, we, we've we've this, there's been so many interesting storylines, and I I don't know how to pick those semifinals tonight among the women. All four in such great form. And then with the men, uh, obviously, once Med- Medvedev seemed to be a clear favorite, and yet once he lost it to Dimitrov, it looks wide open for the men as well, although I do like the form of Sasha Zarev. He'll be tested severely by Fritz, but I think Sasha looks pretty confident right now. There are always new players that will step up, and we've got some new teenage stars on the women's side. Who are you most excited about between the U.S. Open champ, Emma Raducanu, the, the finalist there, Leila Fernandez, and, of course, Coco Goff? You know, it's a very close contest, the trio that you just mentioned, Steve. I mean, I think Coco is, has had a couple of tough losses and had a few setbacks this year, but I'm not worried about her one bit. In the long run, she might ultimately be the best of the three. Uh, I think there's maybe the greatest room for improvement, and she's got the champion's mentality. But Raducanu, despite what happened to her here, Steve, I'm still very encouraged about her future. It was a lot to absorb in a short time to come back and play Indian Wells after winning the U.S. Open without dropping a set in 10 matches. So I still like uh, I still like what I see in her long term. And then uh, Fernandez just happened to lose a great match to Shelby Rogers here. She competed beautifully, went right down to the wire. She still looks to me to be maybe the most guile, guileful of the three, the most adaptable strategically. She has seems to have so many options. And she, over the course of a match, she seems to know how to adjust. So I'm really exhilarated about all three. Uh, We've got a lot of options on the men's side as well. For the Americans, we've got the new next-gen and the old next-gen. Taylor Fritz is still in the draw. We've got Francis Tiafo, Riley Opelka, Tommy Paul, and then those new guys like Jensen Brooksby, like Sebi Korda, like Brandon Nakashima. Which of those two groups do you think will end up with the most success? I still have, I'm very encouraged long term. I didn't like what I saw here from Corda uh, against Tiafo. He didn't play very well. He looked a little bit mentally down in that match. It's unusual to see that. I still love his long term potential. And I just think the rest of them are going to keep keep pushing each other to the hilt. I mean, for instance, this this conclusion to the season, no matter what happens to Taylor Fritz today, he's come off wins over uh, over Berrettini and Sinner, he's been picking on the Italians. Now he's going to come after the German Zarev today. Worst that happens is he's out in, in the quarters. And, you know, I mean, he's had a spectacular run here uh, at Indian Wells. So I, I've, I'm, I'm pretty encouraged about all of them. But I have to say, I, long term, I like Corda. Seb Seb Corda has a, has a very bright future. So we'll see what happens going forward. Uh 
Will any of these players make the Hall of Fame? We don't know. But, Steve, you are a Hall of Famer, and they just announced the new list of nominees for the class of 2022. You can see Ana Ivanovich, Flavia Panetta, Kara Black, Lisa Raymond, Juan Carlos Ferrero, Carlos Moya. What do you make of this ballot? Which of the candidates have the best shot to be inducted in Newport, Rhode Island next summer? Well, you know, Steve, I, I'm privileged to be a voter as well. This is going to be a, some very tough choices this year. Ivanovich had, had, had a spectacular career, but just, you know, one major. And that's the thing. When players win, when they've won two or more, you're pretty sure they're going to make it in almost all cases. And that's not the case with this group. But I'm glad that I have time before I have to decide on my final votes in the coming weeks because they're all obviously valid candidates and and very distinguished candidates and i, I and and that uh, i i think a lot about moy and ferrera and what they did for the game these two spaniards uh, they weren't rafa nadal but their their uh, their accomplishments were immense so i'm i'm still thinking it through steve frankly and uh, i i i i i also love cara black and lisa raymond their doubles records are spectacular so there's going to be a lot of thinking that I, I, I have to do before I, I make the final choices. All right, so you've got some time. We look forward to seeing what you write about it on Tennis.com as our colleague at Tennis Channel. And it is always a pleasure to chat with you, Steve. Thanks for taking some time with us this morning. Steve, thanks a lot for having me on. The Hall of Famer Steve Flink joining us on TC Live. A lot more to get to on the show today. We've got our DraftKings player pools preview with Chanda, James, and Andy. Plus, you don't want to miss our stat of the day and a vaccine update from Australia that could determine who's going and who's staying home. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back on TC Live, presented by Verbo. It seems so long ago that the tennis world was in Australia and Novak Djokovic was raising his ninth, his record ninth Aussie Open trophy. He took out Daniil Medvedev in straight sets for what was his 18th major title. Now tied with Federer and Nadal at 20, will Djokovic be back to go for a historic 21st? An Australian newspaper, The Age, has confirmed it is probable a separate mandate will be required for tennis stars to play in Melbourne this summer. Tennis Australia boss Craig Tiley spent months raising concerns about a mandate because of its potential to turn away a group of top players who resist vaccination. This, our tennis topic, presented by Verbo. So, James, you've got a little insight into this as a tournament director in Miami. How do you think a vaccine mandate will affect player turnout if that's the case in Australia? Well, there have been some players that have said they will only get it if it's if it, if there is a mandate. So this may put it to the test to see if they 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 will comply with that. Um, but I have a feeling there'll be a decent number of players that just aren't in Australia. If this is the case, that uh, you know the tournament will go on. It will go on without 
um, a decent percentage of players that want to resist this, and that's where tennis is different than basketball, football, where you're, you're support, you're competing with a team, and you're you feel like you may be letting them down, or you're um, you're, you're counting on your teammates. This is just you. So this is a personal decision. If you want to make that decision and not get on that plane to Australia, that's up to you. But Australia, the government is making a decision based on how they want to keep their citizens uh, safe. Yeah, I think we're, you know, we're at a place in time where the vaccine is widely used. It's proven to be effective. It's proven, you know, to be safe for the most part. I mean, we have not heard, um, you know, of any real real issues from that standpoint. I think, you know, players and, and any athlete, any person going into these other communities, you have to understand that at the, at the base of it is most important that we are doing things in a safe a manner as possible, that we're holding these events in a safe a manner as possible. And I I think that's the effort everyone is trying to make right now, and hopefully more players will kind of get on that that bandwagon. I know some are vaccinated, some are very much aware of that, and, and that is um, a factor. Uh, but for other players, it, it's maybe a tougher decision, but hopefully that will be at the forefront, and we can hold these events safely, um, that we can enjoy t- tennis, mm. you know, fully, and that players can go out and, and play their best tennis. But first and foremost, it's about safety. Yeah, and I, I was going to say, I mean, listen, we're going to see how deep an individual belief system runs, right? There are some people who are like, well, I have these beliefs, but uh, I can put those to the side if it means I can play in a tennis tournament, right? To me, it's, you know, it's, it, it seems a little bit, little bit awkward. But also, like, if we're starting to look at the timelines, it's October 15th. You figure, you know, at least three, three weeks between shots of your Pfizer, four weeks between shots of your Moderna. Uh, then two weeks after that, you're considered fully vaccinated. So, Players are going to have to start making that decision now. Um, and also, if we project forward, obviously, Novak has been pretty outspoken against it. But just in a, from a tennis perspective, as, as Chanda already covered the, the kind of the safety issues, what does this do? Does he decide not to play Australia? Then all of a sudden, he's looking at the French Open. Will we have Rafa healthy there? Is he still on 20 as we're going into Wimbledon next year? Nobody would have thought that before the U.S. Open final. So there are certainly some things in play. But to think that... Australia, after a year and a half of being so disciplined and so airtight with what they're uh, telling their citizens to do regarding coronavirus, there's zero chance they can say, oh, yeah, but tennis players can come and do whatever they want. That's not responsible. That's not what they should do. And listen, we're going to have to really we're going to have a kind of an open window into how far uh, these players want to take their belief systems. Uh, a lot of the players didn't love the situation last year, especially if it wasn't their fault. They were on a plane that had somebody uh, that had tested positive for COVID, and they had to go into a hard quarantine. If there was a rule, like they have right now for everybody returning to Australia, where you have to quarantine when you get there, vaccinated or not, James, uh, as a player, if you're vaccinated and they require a, a mandatory quarantine, how would that affect your decision to go? So that's a tougher decision, and I think a lot of that, for me, would have to do with where I was in my career. If it was my first time down there, if I was 21, 22 years old, I'd be there. Uh, I'd be chomping at the bit, ready to get out that door to get uh, onto the practice court and to be able to play the Australian Open. If I was 31 years old with a wife and kids at home, and it means, okay, two weeks on the road, um, by yourself, in lockdown, then it'd be a different decision. So I think a lot of that's a very individual uh, aspect of it where you can make that decision based on where you are, where you're at, how much it means to you to play in that individual Australian Open, and if you're okay with um, sort of take, sort of taking your medicine a little bit and, and being there for 14 days before you get to play. 
Yeah, and I also think for a lot of players, it's going to be not only a decision about the vaccine, but also about the quarantine requirements. Last year, earlier this year, rather, you know, there were a number of players that kind of thought one thing would take place when they got there, and it was totally different, whether they were on a plane with someone who tested positive or whether they were a close contact, they were then stuck and could not leave. So I think that's going to be as much a factor as anything else. If you're vaccinated, maybe that won't, um, you know, be one of the things that could happen. Maybe, you know, the quarantine time will be a little bit shorter. And if you are, you know, deemed in uh, close contact or on a plane with someone who tests positive, maybe if you can test negative, it won't affect you in the same way. So I think that's going to be part of the conversation as well for players uh, who are going there and, you know, putting putting their, you know, sort of their bodies on the line here after training in the off season, you cannot afford to have two weeks where you can't do anything uh, simply because you were around someone who tested positive. So I think that's going to be as much a factor as, as anything else. Yeah. And I think it's a total miss for a player at this point. Listen, this virus doesn't care what plans are made, right? It doesn't care that you made the trip down to Australia. That's not how it operates. So to go to Australia and then Something unfortunate happened last year with someone testing positive and half the draw had to go into quarantine. Horrible, horrible experience, right? It, terrible for the players. That's not a way to set up for a slam. But also, it, it, like at, at this point, if we don't know that we're going to have to react to this thing, you guys are sitting at a tennis desk in Indian Wells in October when the tournament is normally in March. It doesn't care what the tennis schedule is, right? It is secondary. So safety first. Hopefully the players make responsible decisions. And then at that point, as James mentioned, each person has to kind of weigh the pros and cons of going down there, whether it's against family obligations, whether it's against how they want to set themselves up for the rest of the year. Uh, then it's a personal decision. But listen, you're gonna, it looks like you're going to have to uh, be vaccinated to go. Final decisions haven't been made yet. We will keep you updated here on Tennis Channel, Tennis.com. By the way, though, the Australian Open women's golf event has already been canceled for 2022. That's something that's been won by Sebi Corda's sisters, Jessica and Nelly, in the past. Much more to get to here on TC Live as we lead up to the top of the hour. Stefano Sitsipas looking for win number 55 this season and a semifinal berth at the BNP Paribas Open. Tennis Channel Live at the BNP Paribas Open is brought to you in part by DraftKings. Get in on the action with DraftKings Daily Fantasy, sports betting, and free-to-play pools. All customers can compete for their share of $30,000 in prizes all tournament long. Use code ACE when you sign up today. By Tennis Express. We deliver tennis right to your front door. Order today, ships today. And by Marcus by Goldman Sachs. You can money with Marcus by Goldman Sachs. Back with you on TC Live, leading up to first ball top of the hour. Stefano Sitsipas, perfect against Nicholas Vasilashvili in his career. Can Taylor Fritz get his second win against Sasha Zverev? Victoria Azarenka, the only former champion remaining in the draw. And Paula Bedosa, undefeated at Indian Wells, making her main draw debut this year, taking on her good friend, Ange Jabeur. A reminder to download any of the DraftKings apps, enter their free-to-play pools every day of the tournament. All customers can compete for a shot at $30,000 in total prizes. Answer questions like who will win the match or who will have the most aces and use the code ACE when you sign up today. 
Time now for our DraftKings player pools previews. Andy, James, Chanda going head to head to head. And James, how'd you how'd you do yesterday? I love that you brought that up right away. Three and zero. Three and zero yesterday. <laughs> Pretty proud of myself. But just barely. These odds makers have it right. That it was the over under was at twenty one and a half for both of the matches. It was under at twenty one and over at twenty two. These odds makers. Vegas doesn't lose. They did no. <laughs> Vegas always wins. So uh, James, as you know, you, you get the honors as oh, the three yes. and zero yesterday. Sitsipas, Basilashvili over under twenty one and a half games. I'm going under on this one. Uh, I think Sitsipas has uh, has controlled the, this narrative uh, plenty of times against him already, and I think he's going to do it again today. Chanda, I'm going to go over. Mm. I, I think uh, Sitsipas will maybe control the narrative. However, I think it will be a little tougher uh, of a battle. Andy. Yeah, I'm going to go over. I feel like any time this week where uh, I've kind of been uncertain and gone under, it hasn't ended well for me. So I am going to go over. I, I think it'll be tight, though. All right, James, the lone wolf on that one. Uh, over under Fritz Zverev, 20 and a half. So they went a little lower, maybe expecting Zverev to win easier in this one. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be as easy as they're, they're expecting. So I'm going to go over on this one. I think there's going to be at least one real tight set. I think maybe a tiebreaker in the first set. Okay. I agree with that. I think it will be a little tighter uh, in the battle of set. So I'm going to go over as well. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over as well. I'm just going to keep it clean. I agree with what they said. All right, I like it. All, all three going over on that one. Final one, women's semifinals. Victoria Azarenka, Yelena Ostapenko. Chanda, I'll lead off with you here. Over under 21 and a half. I'm going to go over. I think this will be another tight when Ostapenko is playing great. Azarenka is such a fighter, and she's got that intensity. I think she's not going to go away easily, uh, regardless of who wins that one. So, over. Over, James. All three over. All three over. <laughs> Unders win. Unders win, I think, a little more. I'm going to go with under. Uh, I'm going under here because I think Azarenka is going to um, do a lot of damage to the Ostapenko second serve. And I think she's got a lot of great feelings here with being a past champion. I, I like Vika in this one to, to keep it under. Andy? I mean, I got to go with the guy that went 3-0 and yesterday, right? I mean, you have to. Uh, have to. Sorry, sorry, Chanda. I am also going to go under. So the good news is, Chanda, when you eventually are right, you're right over both of us. <laughs> I like it. I want a clean sweep. <laughs> Chanda the Lone Wolf on that one. A reminder, download any of the DraftKings apps for free today. Use that code ACE when you sign up today. All right, looking forward to our social segment today. And we start with a tweet from the BNP Paribas Open, James. Uh, they tweeted, Miami is the fifth slam with a whole bunch so, of red flags. So uncalled for. Because that's a deal breaker for this event. You, we've seen this trending on Twitter. You tweet something and then put a bunch of red flags. That means you, you wouldn't date that person. So the BNP Paribas Open wouldn't date somebody that said Miami is the fifth slam. You are the tournament director for said Miami Open. What's the fifth slam? Is it Miami or Indian Wells? So my guess by them saying this is this, there's there's really only four slams. So there isn't a fifth slam is what we're going with. And there's all these Masters 1000s there's, that are on the same level. And they're next to the slams, but they're, they are not slams. I'm going to go with that. And they're not really just taking a direct shot at <laughs> Miami. Um, but uh, I think it, it's up to the players. You know, the players are the ones that make these decisions. They're the ones that um, want, to, want to be either here. They want to be in Miami. They want to be in Cincinnati, Rome, wherever. Any of the Masters 1000s that they want to consider the most important to them 
Um, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna discredit yeah, so any political of those. tournament directors <laughs> hedging. You know? um, that's that's how you get to Harvard, <laughs> Steve. Smart. <laughs> James going with the logic, and I like it. There is no fifth slam; it doesn't exist. There are only four Grand Slams, four majors. That's it. We can keep debating this, but everybody knows Miami is the bigger event. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. That's <laughs> why we love Chanda. But no, I mean, we can keep debating this. They're both great events. Oh, and, everybody is you just know, towing the line. Andy, you, give me take something. Either. <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't have to worry about me towing this line. That was a bunch of word salad that James came up with. I mean, Jay, let, let, let's figure this out, right? James James literally gets paid to say Miami is great, and he can't say Miami is better than the BNP party by Open. That's what just happened. That's what just happened. It used to be it used to be Miami. Things have changed. I mean, they got they got Nobu at Indian Wells. That alone makes it the fifth slam. I don't know what you're talking about, James. You you literally talked for two minutes and you didn't say anything of value. Like nothing, not one thing. <laughs> You've known me for a long time. When do I ever say oh anything of value? <laughs> that was that was like I, I wanted to crawl underneath this desk below me. Like you just started talking and like nothing, and, like there was no substance. It was like, well, um, technically, there's only four slams. Really, thank you. That's great. I mean, <laughs> that that is straight up facts. Exactly. Andy. I had Chandler and, backing and look, me up Andy, here. Andy, no She's, boo. That's where we're going. Yeah. That makes it the fifth slam. I mean, come on. See this? Chandler's got my back. Oh, Andy. Maybe if you were sitting here, you, you know, this is where we're a team here. <laughs> you need, to, not, get, that, you need not, to get here on the desk. Listen, I, me not being there does not make Miami a better tournament than Indian Wells. As much as you would like for that to be the case. And no boo is glorious. Get off me. <laughs> Andy, Andy, you actually go to the Grand Slam, so come here and then we'll talk about it. Being the Grand Slam. Factual <laughs> statement: Nobu is glorious, and and we are sitting at the desk of the BNP Paribas Open right here. We're going to talk to Anna Ivanovich tomorrow on TC Live. She won this event in 2008. Looking forward to that conversation right here on TC Eleven. When we come back, we are going to tell you. Why Fabio Fonini is making that face. You do not want to miss what Andy has to say about it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Chanda, Andy, James, Steve, back TC Live, presented by Verbo. Our stat of the day, two. The number of times Fabio Fonini hit Marcelo Mello in the Central Business District. Andy, take us through it. Yeah, so you, you call it groin shots. Uh, this isn't a groin. This is this is in the ball, Steve. Um, right here, player one, and then he's like, if that wasn't enough, like, that hurts. He's feeling that right up in, like, the upper stomach area uh, as he's leaning over right there. Just switch and, oh, gosh, square. I would have been. And then he goes, here we go. I, I got lefty last time, so why don't we try to get righty here? There it is. Uh, and then Mello actually goes, watch this. Mello actually, Mello actually points out. He goes, 
You got the one, you got lefty, and then you got righty. Here it is. There it is. Yes. You got both of them. Why you take it easy? Let's take it easy on the quick eagleberries. Jeez, that looked like it hurt. I don't want no piece of that. I'm out. How about Fabio's reaction? He's like, yeah. Look at my aim. Look, how good is aim to get both of them? Like, one match. It's unbelievable. Groin. The first one looked like a thigh shot, though. It wasn't a thigh shot. It was right in the Oh, yeah. No, it was... Yeah, that's that's not. I'm not an expert. From, that's not acting no, from Mello there. Not. That's um, no, that no, hurts. No, no. Every guy watching right now is in a little bit of pain. Hmm. Well, I can't. Well, I gotta look away. I can't look, watch. if you don't want none, don't go up there. <laughs> Good. Oh man, uh, Mello and Dodic won the match in a tie break, so he was able to recover somehow, some way, and needed an ice bath afterwards. Very, very likely. <laughs> this is why I mean he's he's fire he's not even apologizing. <laughs> it gives him the double fist pump. <laughs> oh, no, that's needs... not nice at all, but very funny. He needs a hug and he needs to sit on the back of ice. Yeah. <laughs> Has that ever happened to you, Andy? No, but I did it once to Mahesh Bhupathi in uh in, in Memphis. Oh took a forehand on the rise and it was literally the hardest I've ever hit someone. And he, he was like, Mello was still standing. I got, I got, I got Mahesh to take a knee. It was, it was, it was mean. It was bad. I felt, I felt. Bad. Yeah, I, In the champion series, did Philip get you? Oh gosh. Yes. I forgot about that. You're right. He got me with a serve. Yeah. I should have never played Which champions tennis great. again. No, like <laughs> name the top. Name, name your top five uh, guys who you wouldn't want to be hit with a serve in the in the you know the the, the region. Where, it, that Central flip would be on that district. Like, <laughs> the CBD, yeah. Yeah. groin, <laughs> groin. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Air quotes and we're out. I mean that, that's how you that's how you finish the show. You start with Chanda's hat and. You go straight and finish with the balls. Yep. That's, that's the end of it right there. Players walking out onto the court <laughs> right now for our first matchup. There they are. Stefano Tsitsipas, Nicholas Basilashvili getting onto the golf cart. Andy, what are your thoughts ahead of this match? Well, I said it earlier in the week, Steve, and I hope they have our addresses for uh, for our Emmys that we're eventually going to win for for this hard hitting stuff we've been doing this week. But you know, we, we we like the golf cart shot too. I'm not sure what they're actually going to talk about. Uh, maybe Pfizer, Moderna, and going to Australia. I don't know. Have you ever talked to opponents on this ride, Andy? You seem like yeah, you like, would. Hey, what, just to mess with. No, them. no, no, no. Listen, the, the way I, like Tennis Channel, this is all fun and games. I, did, I wanted no piece of talking to anyone on the days that I had to play. Like, I, I was not, I, I did not want to talk to people before I played. Different different animal now. Yeah. Chanda, did you have any superstitions about riding facing forward or back? No, I didn't. I just wanted to ride, Steve. I didn't want to have to walk. That was the main <laughs> thing. But, yeah, you, you sit on different seats. That's, you know, you don't want to touch them or sit next to them, but... Yeah, as long as I have a ride, I'm good. I think the only person that ever talked to me on that ride was Sam Query. I played him here early on, and he was just like, he is the most happy-go-lucky. He just, he had just lost uh, the match, and it was a close three-setter, and after he's like, hey, what are you guys doing later? You know, you going to dinner? What, what's your plans? And wow. I was, I, I did not understand that at all, because I would have been, <laughs> Andy knows, I would have been breaking rackets, upset, you know, fuming, and going in the locker rooms quiet and pouting, and Sam was just 
Happy to be happy. Who, who won? I won. Yeah. Oh, you and won. Was, okay. and, and so it was after the match, and he was just just chatting. James like, was like more nothing's... mad than he was. And that's <laughs> he won. <laughs> I feel like you should actually sit right next to the per- like. Don't be the first one to sit down, huh. and then just pop yourself right there, <laughs> just like as like a mind, you know. I don't know about that. Uh, yes, yeah, Steve, you'd have like... got elbows. <laughs> me, that's for sure. <laughs> like I, I, I'm here. Yeah. Hey, or just go. Sit, or just go. Just go sit in the front seat next to the driver. Or just try to drive it yourself, one of the two. Just really quick. (laughs) (laughs) That wouldn't have worked. Fritz Zverev, the the second match that we got, Chanda. Mm -hmm. Keys for Taylor Fritz to take out Sasha Zverev. Uh, I think serve, first serve. He's got to use that shot and hit his targets. Uh, I think he's got to still look to be aggressive, even though we are talking about these slower courts. He's When he has the chance to take over the midcourt area, to use his volleys, that's a real strength of his game. And he's just got to compete. I mean, he's done that so well uh, going into this match. That's been a real strength. This is a difficult transition back to actually talking about matches, but I, I agree. I think Fritz has got to shorten the points, win, win, um, you know, win with, with um, sort of quick first strike tennis and take it to Zverev that way. It's going to be tough, though. Andy, you get, you get the last word on Stefano Tsitsipas. Well, so one of the things that I, that I want to talk about is he's become one of the best competitors in tennis. Like, he doesn't take points off. Right, like he's there every single time as evidence throughout this tournament, winning tight three setters. But what really impresses me is even if he gets upset, and he can, he's pretty emotional on court and not always happy. But the guy just competes day in and day out, and that's why this is quarterfinal number 14 or 15, whatever it is. There's a lot of quarterfinals for the year, but I think underrated as far as a competitive now. What a show that we had for you today. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, James. Thanks, Chanda. Thanks to all of you for joining us today on TC Live. We'll be back with you throughout the day. We'll talk to the players after the matches. But when we come back, it is Brett Haber and Hall of Famer Jim Courier on the call. Men's quarterfinals from Indian Wells.